Yo, 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 what's happening, everybody? Welcome to the LTK Show. My name is Luther Kangas, and on today's show, I am going to talk about the Minnesota Twins. All right, they finished up their season, got swept, lost 18 straight playoff games. It's a bad deal, but we're going to talk about that. A couple of things I just want to get off my chest. Uh, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings briefly. I want to touch on a couple of things with the Vikes. And then we're going to talk Gopher football. All right, one of their best players got reinstated for the season, which is huge. So we're going to keep something positive today. And yeah, with that, I, before we get into it, I want to take the time here to thank my sponsor of the show. The sponsor of the show is the JP4 Foundation. The JP4 Foundation uses the game of baseball to provide healthy meals, healthy activities, and healthy relationships for youth in the Twin Cities. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the handle JP4 Foundation or by visiting them at jp4foundation.org. Check them out. Great foundation. They do awesome work in and around the Twin Cities and help the youth in the Twin Cities. And It's an awesome organization and foundation, and I'm just really proud to be working with those guys. Thank you, Jeff Huth and the JP4 Foundation for representing the LTK show. All right, so let's dive into this here. We're going to try and just get over this whole twins thing, right? I got to, this is a little bit of therapy for me to get, get some of the stuff out of me. I already have like with some buddies, like texting and talking to some friends, whatever, but the twins lost both their games in the playoffs for the umpteenth consecutive year, and now they have lost 18 straight, which is the North American sports record major sports losing streak in the playoffs, which, of course, the Minnesota Twins own. And, you know, it's funny because, like, there's this stigma with Minnesota sports, and there's a lot of negativity around Minnesota sports, man. It sucks. And, I'm, and sometimes I catch myself and I'm a part of it. You know, it's almost like when we get into the playoffs, we expect something to go bad. And it's not fun. And I'll be honest, like, when I was watching these games, I couldn't watch the whole game because I was like, I was getting too stressed. And I just had the vibe that something, we just, we weren't going to win. Things were going to unravel. And I just didn't have a good feeling watching both of the games. So I was off doing other things, keeping my mind away from it, because I knew that if I watched, I'd just be getting mad, wanting to throw something at the TV, whatever. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch much, but I watched enough to have an opinion of what I saw. And I think the biggest thing that I saw was, first of all, the series I think was over in the first inning of the first game. All right, we left the bases loaded with one out. Bases loaded, one out in the first inning. It's like, sweet. We're seeing Grinky well. We're laying off his, you know, close pitches, anything off speed, whatever. And we're looking good. The Astros went down one, two, three in the top of the first. And I'm like, all right, sweet. We're rolling, man. We got the edge here. I felt confident at that point. But that was the last time that I felt confident watching that series. Because second out. Guy got out, and then Snell comes up, 
and gets thrown out by about two inches. Okay, it was a bang bang play, but he was indeed out, and therefore no runs with the bases loaded and one out. Failed to score. Once that happened, I think the series was over. Because if we get a hit there, score one or two runs, now it's like, all right, we're up. Sweet. We're going to play loose. Astros are going to play tighter. Because, like, watching that first, like, the three innings, the Astros didn't look very confident. They looked like kind of a shell of them for their former selves. You know, two years ago, you know, so they didn't have Verlander, didn't have Cole. And, you know, so you don't have those guys. You have an aging Grinky, and their staff just isn't anywhere near it used to be. Their lineup isn't quite what they used to be because they're not knowing what's coming, first of all. So, and we didn't play the Yankees, so we're playing the Astros. It's like, all right, sweet. Things are looking good. And then gradually unraveled from there. And I just, like, honestly, I couldn't. I couldn't watch much after that, and I think it was over at that point. But moving on to game two, one of my biggest issues about game two was that we pulled Barrios after five innings. He gave up one run, I get it, and, you know, Baldelli and their staff wants to go five innings with their starter and then make it a four-inning game from there. That's their plan going in. I'm good with it, but if you got a guy that's competing and a guy that's fired up coming off the mound in the fifth inning and he wants the rock, he wants the ball, he's only thrown 75 pitches. He can throw for sure two more innings, maybe three. And he's... Like, he wants the ball. My opinion is you got to give him the ball there and let him go as long as he can because a couple of things are going to happen. First, you can give your team some life. If you see a starter go seven strong and give up one run and he's fired up, you're going to see that as a player, and you're going to be like, okay. He brought it today. He wants it. And they feed off of that. You know, there's an energy that happens from that. I coach baseball. I've played baseball most of my life. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. And you feed off of each other. So it it can't, like for me, it just can't be all analytical. Like we're going to play after five innings because we're going to go to our bullpen because we think those are better matchups. All right. Cool. I agree with analytics, but there's got to be some sort of like gut instinct feeling and then just like a sense of spirit that you have with your team that you're going to create. And I think for sure they messed up there. Now, granted, Stashak came in in the sixth inning, did his job, got three outs, think of how many runs, but then he gave up the home run in the seventh. So it's easy to sit back and say that, but and the other part of it too is I really think that if you keep Barrios in the game there, now you give him a chance to kind of take that next step as a pitcher. To me, he hasn't really displayed that like kind of bulldog confidence that you look for in a pitcher. 
I haven't seen that yet from him often. If he goes out and throws seven innings in a playoff game, like that's a big step for him and his confidence. So just all around, I would have liked to have seen him stay in. I was disappointed when they pulled him. Um, and, you know, obviously what happened happened and season's over. And, you know, there's a lot of things you can point to. And it's easy to kind of sit here and just be like an armchair person that, you know, we know they don't know. Obviously, they're getting paid to do this. And and I like I like Baldelli. I like the staff. I like everything the Twins are doing for the most part within the organization. But in the playoffs, obviously, something needs to change. And I think it just comes down to, like, really, I think it comes down to a mentality. When you play playoff baseball or playoff sports, it really comes down to a mentality of, we believe we can win. Like I should say, we believe we're going to win. You know, even if you're down two runs late, you know, you still have a belief within your team if you're going to come back or not. And I feel like the Twins, after the first inning of game one, were like, I mean, they, they folded up shop. They just didn't, like you could tell with the way that they were playing and the energy that they had, like, they just didn't believe, man. And it's pretty cliche, but you do got to believe if you're going to get it done. Like, you have to have that belief within your team and that trust within your team that, man, we're good enough, we know it, and we're going to go show it. Like, we're going to do it. And I just didn't see that type of fight. I didn't see that type of spirit with this team. And I think, really, that's kind of the underlying issue with the playoffs because, um, you know, you, you need that if you're going to advance the playoffs and if you're going to, you know, win a title. So, um, and just to, just to finish it off with the twins, I really would have liked to have seen like the guys that were struggling, like Mitch Garver was lost at the plate at the end of the year. Polanco was lost at the plate at the end of the year. turns out he's hurt, but you know, why not turn to a Royce Lewis you brought up Kirilov, and he looked pretty daggum good. He got one of your three hits. Stud prospect. You let him play in the playoffs. Why not call up Royce Lewis at some point during the season, get those guys prepped for the playoffs? Because young talent, dude, that goes a long way. Young talent, young energy, that stuff can also enliven a team. And it, it's, you know, it's the old twins saying, like, hey, we're trying to save money. We don't want to start the service time clock, the arbitration clock, blah, blah, blah. And it's frustrating because year after year, you kind of hope that it's going to change, but uh, it just it just doesn't and it just hasn't and it won't. So, uh, you know, hey, things happened. We lost, but now it's up to the guys to fix it and, you know, the front office and the team and, I guess, I guess we'll see. You know, there's always next year. That's just kind of how we roll here in, in MN country. So I just wanted to, to get that out there and talk twins and feel like, I don't know, I feel like I feel a little better, maybe. I don't know. It's just, it's tough. Tough deal. But moving on, I want to talk Vikings because there's a beef that I have with Mike Zimmer. And I think, you know, first of all, his record, and he's done overall a pretty good job 
with the Vikings team. Okay, he got him to the NFC Championship game. Uh, he's had some good regular seasons. And he's won a couple of playoff games and whatever. That's all well and good. But <clears throat> my big issue with him is he loves his defense. Okay, he's a defensive coordinator. Great defensive coach. All right, I'm not going to take that away from him. But he, I think he separates himself and his defense with the rest of the team. You look at what he did to some special teams players, like in particular kickers. Now, granted, Blair Walsh missed a 27-yard field goal, whatever, but you have to instill confidence in your kickers. And you can't let them say, you can't be like, in my opinion, you can't be, hey, you miss a field goal, now you're on thin ice. You miss two, now you're on really thin ice. You miss three, all right, see you later, you're out. Because look at Daniel Carlson. Daniel Carlson missed a few field goals against the Green Bay Packers. He got cut that week. We let him go. And now he's one of the best kickers in the game. And I think that that comes from Zimmer not trusting his players and not trusting his kickers in particular. And then on the flip side, the offense, he's very quick to blame the offense for not winning the game and the offense for not doing their job. My defense did great, man. My defense was... See what we did out there? We're shorthanded and we're still putting ourselves in a position to win. All right, cool, man. That's good. I love it. Good for you, but you're the head coach, man. Like, you got to take ownership in the entire team, not just your defense. Go be a defensive coordinator somewhere, and then you're good. But you got to figure out and put confidence in your kicker. You got to figure out and find a way to be more content with your offense because ultimately man that falls on you as much as you think you don't have control over it you do bruh like you're the head coach figure it out find a way and you gotta trust your players man trust your team like look at i mean belichick's like the goat but year after year he's good they're good he trusts his team and his coaches, and they find a way to get it done every single year. And, you know, the beef that just came out with him and Cousins, Zimmer and Cousins, uh, in the, what was it, the press conferences, they both kind of pointed fingers at each other. Like, that's your classic example right there. That just sums up Zimmer as a coach, in my opinion. And, like I said, great defensive coach, but as a head coach, he still has some things to learn, in my opinion. So, and I don't know if that's going to happen before he gets let go or what, but that's my two cents. I had to get that stuff out there and get it like off my mind and share with you guys my thoughts with that. So there's that I'm a little bit stressed, a little bit worked up. So let's, Hey, let's transition to some positivity. All right, we're going to go Golden Gopher football because Golden Gopher football, man, they got stuff figured out. What they lose? One game last year, I believe. That's pretty day gum good. Now, PJ Fleck, within what, the three years he's been here? Four? Something like that. He's done. He's done an awesome job. And to be honest, like I was thinking about it today, like I, I had like no faith that we were going to be able to land him. 
when he became available out of Western Michigan, I'm like, he ain't going to come to Minnesota. Like, why would he want to come to Minnesota? He's the hot coaching candidate. He's young. He's going to go to like USC. Maybe hold out for Notre Dame, maybe something along those lines. But he took the job and I freaking love it because he's done an awesome job. And the thing I wanted to touch on was Rashad Bateman is back. The All-American wide receiver. He's back and ready to roll. And, you know, it's it kind of sucks because, you know, whatever. This season's shorter, coronavirus, all that jazz. But I'm interested to see the next step that these guys take. Because Fleck, he's got a plan and he's working it. And... The dude knows what he's doing, and I love his attitude, and I love how, like, you know, and that, you know, to tie back to what I was saying about Minnesota sports, the negativity, Fleck, like, eats that, and he's like, nah, like, we're going to be us. We have a plan. We're positive. We're figuring things out. I don't care about the noise. Okay, you guys can say all you want, but we're going to stay true to what we do and what we believe, and we're going to turn things around. And he's done that so far. And for the most part, people are on board. Some people don't like him. I don't care if you don't like him. But guess what? He went 11-1 and as a Golden Gopher football coach. If you would have said four years ago, the Golden Gophers are going to be 11-1 and in a season, or 12-1, and whatever they were at the end of the year, you'd be like, nah, that ain't happening. That just flat out ain't happening. And he's proven a lot of people wrong. So let's go golf, baby. I'm pumped for that. At least we have that. Like that's the one thing we got going for us in in Minnesota here. So let's go golf, baby. We got to finish on a positive note on this one. I just wanted to get this one out here because, you know, I had some things on my mind I wanted to share with y'all. So, and then the last thing, we're going to finish with this. We'll keep it positive. So I just wanted to explain to you guys my brand. When I sign off at the end of each episode, I say, learn, try, know, and achieve, hum, babe. And that's like what the logo stands for, the LTK and the A, learn, try, know, and achieve. All right, I'm a baseball coach, and I see it every day where, where players, they have to learn new things. All right, in, in their development process. And then they also have to be open to trying them. All right, some guys might be stuck in their ways. If you're stuck in your ways, you're not going to grow. You're not going to get better. So you got to learn new things. All right, but once you learn them, you have to be open to trying them. And then once you try them out and realize, like, hey, this is actually working, this feels better, now you got to practice it. And now you got to implement it outside of your games and, and really get a feel for it because then once once you try it enough, you're going to get to know it. And then once you know it, and then you can start to apply it to your games and start to apply it, you know, even like in life, if you learn something new, try it out, and then you get to know it. Now, okay, whoa, things are changing. Like, this is actually working. And then you can achieve, you know, what you set out to initially do, whatever your goal is, to be a better baseball player, to play college baseball to I want to change jobs and build a business, whatever that might be. It starts with those. For me, that's, 
that's where that comes from, the learn, try, and know, and achieve. And then the hum, babe, that's just, hey, go out and have fun, man. Go out and let it rip. You know, take the bat off the shoulder, let it swing, have a little fun. Oh, babe, we're out here playing some ball. It's a nice day. Let's go. All right. So, hey, there it is. Quick little solo episode. Thank you for listening. And until next time, learn, try, and know, and achieve. Huh, babe?